Welcome in. It's Wednesday. So we are chatting live right now. You can watch it on demand, but if you're watching right now, you're watching it live. And this next hour is your time. Mayakoba Championship, right? Victor, three-peat, possibly in line. Additionally, we can talk about anything else you want. The Timber Tech Classic, that's a senior tour event that's happening this week. Uh, Season-long fantasy golf. Yeah, we are rocking and rolling there. Sign up in the link in the description. Anyway, I don't have anything else. Time's yours. Here we go. Scott says, what's up, Rick? What are your thoughts on taking lower tier guys that pop up on the model as first round leaders as opposed to outright leaders? Examples being Brendan Todd, Robbie Shelton. Certainly fair, right? I, I think that there's a couple things to look at. Guys that model higher than their um, expectation, right? Like there are times... Uh, and last week was a really good example, right? Like Kevin, you models. Great. Uh, Ben Griffin models. Great, but they're not like necessarily going to win. And there are a lot of guys that model great and just outperform their expectations. So that might be someone who is $6,800, but they finish 19th. You probably didn't make much money off of that, but they modeled better than their expectation. That's one of the things I like to look at for first round leaders because it's 18 holes. Anything can happen. Then obviously the other one is what, what's the frequency of a golfer gaining four or five strokes in a single round? Because that is something that you're going to need to be able to do to uh, win any single round in the and especially the first round. So um, those are a couple of things that I like to look at. Scott, no problem there. If if you're getting high grades on Brendan Todd, Robbie Shelton, go take your take your stab at a first round leader. Hank Hill says, with the high 9K not being somewhat balanced in terms of ownership, how would you go about constructing lineups to gain leverage? Okay, so um, everything you see is from my website, rickrungood.com. Go sign up. So there is um, there are a couple of spots you can be different in the 9K and above range. Uh, Matt McNeely checking in, or excuse me, Seamus Power and Jason Day checking in at single digits are a way to be a little bit different. Taylor Montgomery at 9.8% projected ownership is probably the big pivot here, right? I think if you would have um, said to me, hey, you have a golfer who literally for eight consecutive starts has not finished outside the top 15, and he is going to be half the ownership of everyone else priced around him, I'd probably be salivating. Now, I understand what the concern is. The concern is this, that he's gained 24, uh, no, 14, 20, like 26 strokes with the putter in his last four starts. It's a ton. It's it's a pace that is absolutely unsustainable, but it, it doesn't mean he's incapable of finishing well without put like he probably has not gained 48 strokes putting in his last eight events we don't have the metrics going back to the corn fairy tour championship because they don't track that stuff but like it, this is a weird situation yes clearly the putter is going to regress but that is probably not the reason that he had so much success in the corn fairy tour year so i i think potentially getting a 10k guy any one of your choosing and taylor montgomery is a pretty interesting way to start your lineups outside of that um, will, will, uh, getting two 10 K guys, is that going to make you different? I think if at least one of them is Scotty Scheffler or Colin Morikawa, I think that's uh, an interesting path to do it as well. Um, so if you wanted Victor and Colin, or if you wanted Colin and Aaron wise or something like that, I think is probably going to be the path to being a little bit more unique. 
Uh, Hank follows up and says, I was playing around with the Holy Grail. Noticed that Jason Day has very few rounds on past Palm Greens for whatever reason. Could this be a cause for concern? Uh, we can pull it up. I just like my initial reaction is, is, is no, probably not because realistically the events in which you would get access to past Palm Greens have for, for the vast majority of the PGA tour history that we have, uh, would be like lesser events, weaker events, right? It's, it's Puerto Rico. It's, uh, Punta Cana. It's, it's Mayacoba. It's Mexico. And then we get that Kiowa Island PGA championship. So it's not really a huge surprise that Jason day only has six measured rounds or six rounds on past Palm green. So I'm not going to knock him for that because it's just, it just really hasn't been his schedule. Uh, I don't think we should penalize him for that. I don't think he's been avoiding it because it's not a good surface for him. I just think it hasn't happened because, listen, he was a number one player in the world. He was a top tier player in the world for a long time. Now he's going to Maya Coben, working that into the schedule. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, Afternoon, Rick says, Dave, what are your thoughts as to the downside of looking at recent form, say 12 rounds on the cheat sheet versus longer term form, 36 rounds. As always, thanks what you do. Uh, thanks for what you do. So the way, the way that I probably prefer to look at this is for the guys that you're looking to pop, for guys that you're looking to find value on, for guys that are probably cheaper, that 12 round uh, mark is probably better for them. For guys who are generally more expensive, for guys who are going to be like $9,000 and above, I prefer like 36 or 50 rounds, right? How often do we see, you know, Colin Morikawa maybe struggling a little bit by some standards, by his own standards. He is so close to just breaking out and snapping off and winning this thing. Um, You know, if we would have looked last week at Seamus Powers, 50 rounds or 100 rounds, he probably would have been the best player in the field. If we looked at his last 12 rounds, it would have told a much different story. So I think the guys near the top of the board who you know have better pedigrees, who are favorites for a reason, I think we should be giving them longer-term baselines as opposed to some of the guys who you might just be trying to catch in a heater, for example. Tyre Woods says, Long or Buckley, who do you prefer? Uh, can't decide, need your, quote, Rick'spertise. I've not heard that one before. That's interesting. Um, I'm I'm pretty high on Hayden Buckley. Uh, not really just this week, but, but, but moving forward. He has an elite skill set. He's a very, very good driver of the golf ball. You know, he has not lost strokes off the tee since Valero, which was in April. And these are not small gains. They are sizable gains. He's also a very good putter, or at least a plus putter. He's plus around the green. And his approach play is a plus, but he is capable of popping. Plus 3.8 at the U.S. Open. Plus 4.5 in back-to-back weeks at the Barbasol and the 3M Open. This is a really good stat profile. He's got three straight top 25s. He's come. I, I, I've said this countless times, and I'll just continue to say it. He, I watched a lot of him in Las Vegas. And if you were just looking at, at some of the shots he was hitting and the mannerisms and the body language, you would have thought he was missing the cut. He left so many strokes out there and still finished T20. That's a pretty good sign, right? You don't want a guy who is stuffing everything, who is fist bumping every single shot, who is stoked with every shot that they have and they finish like T21. You're like, well, there's the ceiling. I think Hayden Buckley has a huge ceiling. Look at the, um, so this is the 2023 number. So just a couple of events for him this year. One of the best total drivers, right? That's straight and 
long. 36th in accuracy, distance he's 54th. You go back to last year, which is a bigger sample size, 10th in total driving, 15th in accuracy, um, 98th in driving distance. He, when he misses fairways, he does not miss by much, 21 feet on average. That's eighth on tour. So I, I, if I could buy stock in Hayden Buckley for like the next year, I think, I think, that's, I think that's the route to go. Dave says, uh, Rick, are you planning on shorting anyone tonight in jock market? And if so, who is the 2022 Mayakoba champion? Thanks, Dave. Much appreciated. Yeah. Short and Seamus didn't go so well. Um, no, this is this is pretty funny. First off, Dave, he'd be the 2023 Mayakoba champion if you go by season. Um, but that's pretty funny. Listen, um, if I were probably to short anybody, God, why am I going? Why am I doing this? Right? Why am I going back to this uh and and risking the shenanigans of Seamus Power again? Um, you know, Billy Horschel, I don't know. I just I just think that Billy, yeah, he's got great history around here. I think he's going to be too expensive for me. I will say the ability too short. Thanks for letting me plug this, Dave. Go to Jock Market. Uh, go into the link in the description. Get your deposit bonus. Use the code Rick and short whoever you want. And then um, you can see how horrible it is when when uh, the guy that you short ends up winning the golf tournament. Hank Hill says, in the custom model, if you add strokes gained El Chameleon... Uh, oh, how does this work on players who have never played before? Okay, so the basically... If you only, if you put all 100 weights on strokes gained El Chameleon, it'll rank everybody who's played at this event and then will rank everyone else uh, based on like projected fantasy points, right? There's just, there's just no good way to do it. So I would never say put all of your weights on some, on a stat that only some of the field has, right? Like you can put all your weights on strokes gained total. Everybody in the field has that as long as they have one round in the database. So don't put all of your stats there. So what I would do is uh, spread it out, use strokes gained uh, course history, but understand that that's not going to apply to everyone. What I'm, what I'm looking to add next is course fit. So that kind of would come from here, uh, would come from the, the, the key stats model. So we have adjusted course fit, which is no matter if you've played around or not, you would have a course fit metric to go off of. So a uh, little look behind the curtain there. Hi, Rick. I really like Hoagie and Todd. Do I give up too much win equity if those are my first two guys or can I get away with it? Boy, um, I mean, Todd has won this event before and Hoagie's won in the last year. So I don't think you're giving up a ton of win equity, but when you really, I, I think I'm really getting kind of shook by what we've seen as of late, right? Where just all of these 10K guys, all of these favorites are just winning all the golf tournaments. And it's so hard for those guys in the 30s to 60s as of late. So I'm getting a little gun shy. I'm getting a little scared about that. Um, I wouldn't be super thrilled starting with Hoagie and Todd because I, I think I do want one of the big five. I'll throw Aaron Wise into that conversation, right? One or two of the big five, I think, is is going to be worth your while. And um, I do like Hoagie. I do like Todd. But I, I don't think starting with those two is super spectacular. I do, I do think you give up a lot of win equity. Oh, there was a second part of that question. Also, Dietrich and Streelman or KH Lee and Kirk? Uh, probably Dietrich and Streelman. Kirk has not been good around here, which that can change. But hey. Uh, Topher says, go Phillies. Yes, that's right. Thoughts on Russell Henley this week. Okay. Let's do a deeper dive on Russell Henley. So Russell's probably someone that I haven't spent too 
much time on this week. Let's see what he's been up to. Has he been Russell Henley? Eh, not really. Uh, the putter has been hor- horrendous. The approach play, we need this to be better, right? Like we need this to be three to five strokes on approach, right? That would be his baseline. His 100 round baseline is three quarters of a stroke. So you're talking about gaining at least three on approach on his average. We have not really seen that as frequently. So this is a little bit worrisome. Is he finding fairways? Because that could be... Uh, he is, he is last 36 rounds. He's quite accurate off the tee. I would say I'm lukewarm on this, like a five and a half out of 10, nothing special, not sprinting to get access to Russell Henley. Um, really worry about the putter worry about the, the way he's been hitting his, his second shots as of late. How do you feel about Brent Grant this week? Okay. Friend of the pod, by the way, I've had, had Brent Grant on the show. Um, so he snapped off for a pretty good round at one point last week. But what I want to do is I want to look at all of his rounds, right? Because I think you're going to find a pretty inconsistent version of himself. So let me see. Let me see what we find here. So I'm just going to go to his Holy Grail. Yeah, so even that round where he made like seven straight birdies. He gave a couple of those. I I don't even know if it was Friday or Saturday because he gained two strokes on both of those. So had a pretty good week, right? His Sundays where he gave back three shots to the field. Otherwise it was a pretty good week. Uh, By far the best week that he's had on the PGA tour. Corn Ferry stuff was fine. This, the, the thing about Brent Grant, he looks like a great showdown option, right? Let me just read you some of these strokes gain total numbers. And this is in order. I'm not leaving any out. Plus four, minus a half, plus 1.5, minus 2.7, plus three, minus two, minus three and a half, plus three, minus four and a half, plus three, plus four, minus five and a half. This is about as good as a showdown resume as you could get. Uh, Now, I worry about four rounds, right? Because he's not yet shown the ability to put four rounds together, but I do think he's interesting for kind of your first round leaders, your showdowns, your, um, you know, can you get single round head to head matchups against better golfers? I don't know. Like that, that kind of way of, of, of deploying him. Hey Rick, love the model updates really helped identify a solid core last week. I love Tony for Mayakoba, but his off the tee accuracy is a little concerning your thoughts. So it is, however, let me think about this because let me see if I can pull up Tony on and look at his shorter golf courses because what you have at Mayakoba is probably the ability for Tony Finau to club down and hit a lot of like three irons off the tee. So what would be some other places in which that would be a good skill? I mean, Colonial's tight, right? Like if you're missing the if you're missing the fairway at t- Colonial, you're in trouble. He finished T four there earlier this year um where i mean he doesn't play a lot of probably for good reason he doesn't play a lot of places that would kind of fit that bill boy yeah i mean he's got good he's got good numbers around colonial rbc heritage t33 i mean i'm kind of scraping here um what's he done around here i know he's missed the cut at least once but i think he has a decent finish Oh yeah, he's got so he's got T seven, T eight, T sixteen in in six starts. So I would not blindly uh, rule guys out for for bad driving accuracy because someone like Finau, he's going to get the ability to club down a little bit more. So good question, appreciate it. 
Rick, you're the man, says Jay. Thank you. Stars and Scrubs this week. Can you do a deep dive on JJ? I'm assuming that's Spawn, which this should be a pretty decent setup for him considering the the accuracy and the lack of distance, but I'll pull him up here in a second. I think it's Stars and Scrubs. Um, if you can get two in the tens, I'd go for it. Or maybe if you want to be really different, Scotty and Taylor Montgomery, right? Wouldn't that be kind of interesting? Colin Morikawa, Taylor Montgomery. Um I just am really, you know, even even outside of, of 10K guys who won, in, in fact, two 10K guys won last week across the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. It's just even the 10K guys that aren't winning are over the last year scoring way more points than they ever have before. They're providing so much more uh, value. It's It's really incredible stuff. So I like the Stars and Scrubs approach. Here is JJ Spawn, who I'm assuming we're talking about. Uh, the good news is very accurate driver of the golf ball. The bad news is he was horrendous at Congaree. Congaree is kind of interesting because it is a hard course and guys can get on the wrong side of this. Like we saw Sh- Scotty Scheffler lose the most strokes on the putting greens uh, at Congaree th- that he has in over a year. And he was using a new putter and all that stuff. But it Congaree, kind of like Memorial, kind of like some of these places where you see guys put up huge losses, like you can just get on the wrong side of it. So I'm kind of willing to forgive this, but I'm not super stoked about it, right? So like a four out of 10 on JJ spawn. He's gained strokes to the field in the majority of his last eight starts. He should have a good skill set for this golf course, but I would like to see not losing five strokes uh, in the ball striking categories before the, in the, in the week prior. Ken long says, Hey Rick, no winning score discount incentive on subscriptions this year. Ken. So first off, Ken, I will say, um, so for people who don't know this, like I don't, I don't do promo codes throughout the year. I don't do sales. I don't do discounts. I think the service is very fairly priced. And also I don't do that stuff because I think it's kind of crappy to current subscribers when they see like, oh, 50% off sale. It's like, well, hey jerk, what about me, right? Like I'm a loyal subscriber. So I don't really do this stuff. The only thing I've ever done is this, this end of year score discount incentive, which is what you are referencing. Uh, And there's certainly no guarantee that I do that every year, but I'll tell you what, Ken, it's not the end of the year yet. It's usually the last event of the fall, uh, which by my calendar would be the RSM classic. So not ruling it out, not ruling it in, but Ken, I think you should at least wait until the RSM classic. Um, Ooh, good course fit for, Age, uh, so I think you pronounced it Audrey Arnis. Okay, let's let's look him up. JG going deep into the profile here. Oh boy, oh boy. Oof. Okay, so the Spaniard, right? He's Spanish, isn't he? Um, this is quite a stat profile. So just the last five, and these are all DP World Tour events. T nine, three missed cuts. T twenty two, missed cut, all over the yard. The putter is. That's like a 10 stroke differential between the putter. He can lose 4.5 or he can lose 5.6. He can gain 3.7. He, he loses a lot. Oh my God. Look at this stat profile. So just in his last 10, he's gained seven putting at the Porsche European open and he's lost 7.6 at the open championship. That's a 14 and a half point differential in strokes gained putting alone. Wow. You know, the problem is I'm not going to have like stat. I'm not going to have like a, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he doesn't qualify for putting stats or for PGA tour stats. So I don't, maybe I have it. Hold on. Um, 
couple different ways to get this here. He's not accurate. He's longer than most. I do not think this is a good setup for him. I'm going to go out and say this is not a good setup for him. I think he'll putt better because Pazpalum generally allows for poor putters to find a little bit of success. But if he's not going to play out of the fairway and he's going to lose three strokes on approach and he might lose eight with the putter, like this is this is pretty troublesome. I'm not I'm not happy about that. Hey, Rick, just created an eight-team season-long uh, fantasy league. Thank you. How do I add it to your spreadsheet? So, Charlie, I'm assuming you've received the commissioner handbook. Uh, there should be a link in there that allows you to access that spreadsheet. If that's not true, uh, email me. But I'll, obviously, I'm live right now. I'll get to it afterwards. But if you want to – so right now. So here's the season-long fantasy league update. Um, like 130 people are commissioners, which is amazing. So we are going through and we are creating leagues right now. As of earlier this morning, there were like 30 leagues that had already been created with like 230 available spots for participants. There's going to be more, obviously, as we get closer to January. There is a link in the description that if you want to sign up for to, to play in a fantasy league or to be a commissioner or both, that form is available to you. I'm reaching out to commissioners. Commissioners are setting up leagues, and then we will fill them uh, probably starting in a week or so. So, Charlie, you should have access to it by just clicking the link to get into the spreadsheet. It should be shared with anybody who has the link. If that's not true, I'll deal with it after the after the show. What did Harper say to Bohm? Um, I mean, logically, that McCullers was tipping something, but I couldn't find what he was tipping. Maybe it, it could have been something like, hey, he might start you with this pitch. I, I don't know, because I would have sworn he was tipping something, but that is not, um, there's not much evidence of that. Maybe he just said, go get him, young man. Have a day. Jared says, thanks for all you do. What sort of aggregate ownership percentage would you set in large field GPP as opposed to large field single entry? Um, like 60 versus 80, something like that. I don't think you need to get too crazy in the differences because the single entry is just... The chalkier guys end up getting chalkier. So I think 80 is kind of fair, especially if you're going to have, like if you are going to enter one guy of chalk and he's, he ends up being, I don't know, like 28% or something like that. Um, but as you get into like the 150s, like 60% would be fine. Not an end-all be-all. And if you're going to play a guy who's 25% owned and six guys that are 6% owned, like all good. Notice Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, I saw this too. Was in the upper left-hand quadrant of uh, being a breakout candidate. So that means he's putting below his expectation, but he's ball striking it well. Former event winner at thirty at sixty-seven hundred Thursday AM tea time. Do we have vibes or nah? Yeah. So here's the stat profile, and you can see um, the 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 putter has been horrendous for Charlie. Right? He's never really been a good putter, but this is way worse than normal, which is why the breakout candidates like him and he's still driving it. Okay. And his, his ball striking's fine. Although the majority of that did kind of come at the rocket mortgage classic. So there was a couple of caveats here. I wouldn't mind Charlie for like, honestly, like first round leader is kind of interesting. Um, round one showdown. I I'm not quite ready to commit to four rounds because I mean, since he won this event, it's been horrible, right? He missed his next five cuts finished 46th and then got cut again. So he has not like, like 2014 was when he won this. Let's see what type of player he was in 2014. Yeah. Basically his third best year ever. Uh, we are far away from that guy. So I don't think I want four rounds of exposure to Charlie Hoffman, but I would not mind one round 
of exposure to Charlie Hoffman. It just says, I heart Rick. Thank you. I needed that. That was very nice of you. Nice Wednesday morning support, Scott. Thank you. Hey, Rick, any word on what flat stick Scott he has in the bag? No, which probably means he did not make the switch, right? Have I pitched my, have I pitched my range show yet? Okay, just give me like 90 seconds here. So uh, let me fix a couple of problems. What's the worst thing about golf coverage? Oh, it's the TV deals. They can only show three hours, blah, blah, blah. Okay, remove that. Uh, what's the hardest part about like DFS and it's like, oh, this guy's got a new caddy on the bag. This guy's got new clubs in the bag. This is stuff we don't hear about until the tournament starts for the most part. Or, oh my God, this guy's nursing an injury. He wasn't even at the range today. Here's a here's your idea. Uh, free content for everybody. Wednesday during the day, live range show that shows you how long golfers have been at the range. Uh, someone roaming around saying, hey, Scotty, we know you had the uh, the Scotty Cameron prototype in the bag last week. Is it back in your bag this week? It is. Okay, great. Thank you so much. 30 seconds. Move on. Golf Channel's dying for content, aren't they? Show me actionable stuff on a Wednesday. Make it like F1. They show the practice stuff. Get It's, it's like three cameras and one roaming reporter. Everybody gets free. It's free. Okay, that's all. I'll hash that out later. Thoughts on Martin Laird and Adam Long this week. Okay, so let's look at Adam Long because this is the second time that he's kind of come up here. And Adam Long, despite the name, not very long off the tee, generally much more accurate. So you'll see that uh, here. 33rd in driving accuracy last season. Still early this year, 187th, but I think that's only, let's see. Uh well, it's actually four measured events. So he's actually kind of mired in a bit of a slump here. That's a little bit more concerning than anything, right? That he's gone miscut while losing a ton of strokes off the tee. T30 losing in both ball striking categories. Not very good finishes at the Zozo or the Bermuda. Hmm. You know, we don't have the entire puzzle here, right? We only have the pieces to it. But that that could be argued as pretty concerning for Adam Long. If he is not hitting fairways it's big boy trouble around this place uh martin laird i do always kind of worry about the upside of martin laird just because uh like i know he's going to snap off and win probably once every 24 months but i don't know if we're ever going to see it coming very reliant on is around the green play which i don't think is a defining aspect of this week he is a totally average or slightly above average golfer neither one of these guys get me all that excited Trying to decide between Ryan Moore and Aaron Baddeley. Okay, well, how about this? Why don't we use a tool that's like kind of dedicated for this? We'll go to the head-to-head matchup tool. We will throw these guys in and we'll say last 36 rounds or so. 36 rounds. We can break ties this way. So let's say Aaron Baddeley. Oh, he's right at the top. And Ryan Moore. Ryan Moore, very accurate. Here we go. Uh, the model likes Aaron Baddeley more. So... The model, so so this is why I like this, because it shows you the strokes gain breakdown, how often they're gaining X number of strokes. Ryan Moore gains one stroke or more, more frequently than Aaron Baddeley does. But Baddeley gains two, three, and five. So what I would say to you, Rocky Chit Chat, is if you're looking for something safer, Ryan Moore might be your guy. If you're looking for someone with higher upside, Aaron Baddeley might be your guy. And if you 
just want me to pick between one of these two guys, I think there's a 61% chance that Aaron Baddeley has a better week than Ryan Moore does. Thoughts on uh, Elvick? It's Travis Vick, right? I'm not missing something here. His name's Travis, isn't it? Let's look up his stats. Uh, not much, right? We've got him at the U.S. Open. He gained four strokes in the ball striking categories. He gained 5.8. Uh, he's an amateur, right? Or he's a college kid. I think he's at, uh, now I got to look it up. Texas guy? Travis? He's definitely an amateur, right? I remember because everybody was getting all hot and bothered at the uh, in the media center when he was playing well at the, at the U.S. Open at, at Brookline because they had, um, I think it was the No Laying Up guys or the Fire Pit Collective guys were like, um, uh, they had done some stuff with him previously before the week started, and then he then he was playing well. I don't know if I know much about if I know enough about this guy. Right, he's a, he's an accomplished, you know, highly touted uh, collegiate golfer out of the University of Texas. He had good ball striking numbers at Brookline. I I don't have much of a a, a strong opinion on on Vic. Um, Chris, who also sent a super chat, which is much appreciated, never never required, but always uh, always appreciated. Hey, Rick, whenever you run a model, can you include past polym and course history possibly? So yeah, so I actually think I made a mistake. Um, so I have to fix something on this model for the next run because what I did is I brought over the measured putting stats, which are uh, putting on bent grass, Bermuda, and Poana. Because we don't have the strokes gain numbers for the vast, vast, vast majority of past polym courses, I didn't bring those over. That's That was me. I, I messed that up. So what I think I could actually do, and actually what it might be better, is I'll add another category here for just strokes gained like total on past polym, which I think is more indicative. So that's on me. I'll, I'll fix that. I'll fix that, Chris. Uh, Jackie says, who is the best 6K player over the last 12 rounds? Okay. Uh, so we'll go to the golfer power rankings. Last 12 rounds of everybody in this field. And we'll find the first $6,000 guy we can find. Kevin Yu, no surprise. 1.66, sixth in the field. Next one, Ben Griffin, no surprise. $6,800, 1.33. Aaron Baddeley, uh, 1.32. 6,500. Let's find two more. Ryan Hall. Those are all Corn Ferry Tour rounds. A little less than one. He's 6,000. Then Garrick Higo, but that was buoyed, I believe, all by one tournament. Ryan Hall. That is not a name we have discussed to this point. Uh, Yeah. Small sample. Small sample. There he is. I've got his headshot. He's wearing an Arnold Palmer his official PGA Tour headshot, if you're not watching on YouTube, he's wearing an, that looks like an Arnold Arnold Palmer Cup shirt, which I assume he participated in. T10 at the Pinnacle Bank Championship, missed the cut at the week before that, and then finished T14 at the Memorial Health. It wasn't the week before. So he's got three, those three starts that are showing up in his last 12 rounds, uh, basically go back to June. Two good starts. I don't have a ton more information on him. A couple of top 15s. I don't know if he has status or how he got into this event because it doesn't look like he has Corn Ferry Tour status. He might be a sponsor's invite. He might be in through some connections at the Arnold Palmer Cup, but that was a surprising name to see. I don't have much more information on him. Interesting. If you're looking for a deep, deep fly, I think he was exactly $6,000. Hmm. 
How would you rank the four golfers at 7,300? Rose, Champ, Spawn, Sig. I would probably go Sig, Spawn, Rose, Champ. Uh, I answered a couple of these, so I'm going to keep rolling here. Hey, Rick, who are the best drivers out of the top five favorites? Okay, well, I guess there's a couple ways to look at this. So, whoops. I got to click the right button first. So we could just look at strokes gained off the tee for the last 36 rounds. Scotty Scheffler is the best, 0.86. Then Tony Finau, then Aaron Wise, then Victor Hovland, then Colin Morikawa. If you want distance, that is uh, Scotty, then Victor, then Finau, then Wise, then Morikawa. If you want accuracy, obviously, kind of flip it. It goes Morikawa, Scotty, Finau, Wise, Victor. So all in all, probably Scotty Scheffler, right? He's he's the strokes gain guy. He's the distance guy. He's accurate compared to the rest of the field or to the field average. So I think that answers your question. I don't. I can no longer answer Aaron Wise questions uh, objectively. Says I was looking at Aaron Wise to be the first round leader last year. He shot a sixty three. Not sure if it means anything. No, it doesn't. But what does mean something is. He's just a great golfer who's figuring it out and who's plugging the worst part of his game. And what really does matter is that he's played generally very well at this golf course in the past. T15, runner-up finish, missed cut, T10 in his last four. What also helps is he's got his coach there this week, right? Jeff Smith on site. Jeff Smith, he works with Aaron Wise and Davis Riley and Victor Hovland and Patrick Rogers. And if you trust what Jeff Smith has to say, Aaron Wise is dialed in right now. Aaron Wise is now a positive putter in his last 100 rounds. Have we ever said that before? Probably not. So no, like him shooting a 63 here last year doesn't matter by itself. Everything else matters. I'm I'm buying stock. Let's go. Lauer keeps popping up in my top 15 golfers, and he should, Steven. Justin Lauer's been great. Justin Lauer gained at least a stroke every round last week. Finished T8. T20 at the Shriners. T4 at the Fortinet. Like, come on, what, like very well-rounded, not particularly long off the tee, right? Let's look at his season stats. Um, not very long, 179th in driving distance, but 69th in accuracy, which is what I'd actually prefer. Um, I, I wish he was a little better from like the wedge ranges, right? But he's okay from 75 to 150. If he lays back to 150, 175, maybe that might be even better for him. And actually last year, he was a lot better from 125 to 150. He was 10th. Really close from 50 to 75 yards. He was, he was, he was fourth. I know those don't mean anything by themselves, but he's like an okay wedge player. And I think he's going to get a lot of wedge opportunities this week. I really like Justin Lauer. He's just doing all the right things. I don't know if he's going to win, but he is, um, what's his price this week? Cause he was 9,900 last week. Right. And now he's got a significant, yeah, $7,600. I know it's a better field. Obviously he's playing well. Giddy up Justin Lauer. I want to take a second to talk about Athletic Greens, which has become a staple in my daily routine. And for those of you who have been following for a while, you know that I take gut health very seriously. So I started taking AG1 as an attempt to get everything down there under control. And I've been taking it for a few weeks and I feel much better throughout the day. I'm having way less acid reflux and I've been able to stay focused for longer when I'm sitting in front of a computer. It's one scoop of a green drink that I take first thing in the morning. And I know what you're thinking, a green 
drink like trust me i've i've tried all of them and most have a chalky or a chunky taste to them which is not great most smell horrible i'll i'll admit all of that uh athletic greens for me bucks that trend it's smooth there's there's no chunks the smell is is just fine and it's easy enough for me to get get it down when i take it at 5:30 in the morning it's legit 75 high quality vitamins probiotics and adaptogens so it's no surprise that i'm actually feeling better and when i rattle off the benefits it sounds like it's going to be really expensive uh, it's quite reasonable it comes out to about $3 a day and i tell my wife all the time there is no price that I wouldn't pay to feel good, especially gut stuff, because it controls so much other things that go on in your body. So imagine paying $3 a day to feel good. That's some of the best ROI I could ever imagine. Um, so if you want to get involved, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of um, immune-supporting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase uh, visit athleticgreens.com slash 300 yards again that's athleticgreens.com 300 yards to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance uh thoughts on mav for the one and done feels a hair aggressive outright bet same thing i law i i I'd probably bet Mavmi nearly 25 times last year, so I don't think I can bet him at like 18 to 1 or whatever and not even make my money back if he goes out and wins the golf tournament. I, I just, you know, he's like a little bit worse Taylor Montgomery with the with the stats that we see. Look at the putter. He's just so reliant. He has lost strokes in the ball striking categories every start back to the Scottish Open but it hasn't stopped him from finishing inside the top 20. I just think like, what is he going to have to do? He gained 10 and a half strokes putting at the Shriners and finished 10th. That's like one of the best, actually. I mean, since you're here, let's just, let's just do it. How deep, how deep can I go here? Um, this might take a second because <laughs> this is a lot of numbers to load, but let's, let's just, let's just, let's just see. So, he gained, um, what did he gain? 10 and a half at the Shriners. Okay, hold on a second. Let me make sure I have this all set up. Where is he? Here we go. Okay. If you gain 10 and a half strokes putting, let me see if this will load. Yeah. You should be like winning the golf tournament, right? It doesn't, it doesn't happen. It's taking forever to load. Um, honor bond gains 7.3. This is going to, this is too much data. I, I can't do this while my screen record is running, but long story short, if you gain 10 and a half strokes over the course of um, four rounds, you should be winning the golf tournament. So what is he going to have to do? To actually win. Gain 15 strokes. Tough tough to say. What would be your pick in the 10K range for a single entry? Probably Scotty. Right? I, like if he just, if Scotty loses one stroke putting, he might win. Look at the rest of his game. Uh, off the tee, he's probably the best player in the field. Approach, stout. Around the green, it's okay. Fixes the putter, he probably wins. So probably one there or uh, probably for single entry there. Cause he's also going to be 
likely the lowest owned. Yeah, 13.7%. Smash the like button. Thank you. Are you going to mourn as much as I am the death of one of the greatest trophies on tour when the lizard is a war? What are they changing it, Brent? I have not, I've I'm out of the loop if they're changing the if they're changing the trophy. It's one of the best trophies they've got. And they just repainted it. It looks great. Uh, and I believe it's a chameleon or an iguana. Not sure it's a lizard, but I did not hear that they are getting rid of that. If that's true, it'll be very, very sad. Is there anyone in the 7K range that's projecting too much ownership to cause you to fade a play you like this week? All right. Generally, there's not one player that will cause me to do that. Um, 14%. Oh, boy. Okay. God, this will bite me. Adam Long's your X factor this week. And I don't necessarily mean that positively. He's got the unbelievable course history. Runner-ups, uh, third and 22nd. And on paper, this is a good course for him. But we saw it on his stat profile earlier. There's a chance he's playing really poorly and he does not play well this week. Maybe I'll short him in, in jock market, which means he'll probably win the golf tournament. But he's 14% owned. Wow. Wow. Um, the highest owned in the 7K, Buckley. Joel Damon's up there. Not enough to make me, again, if I really want to play Hayden Buckley, I'll just be different in other places. Um, Aaron Ryan, Harris English are kind of interesting at 12 and 11%. I might stay away from those guys, but, or Munoz, who as 11% and um, depending on how he tries to attack this golf course could be kind of tough. He's missed the cut in his last two starts here, but one guy is not going to dictate what I do. What animal trophy is one of the best ones left? Sanderson Rooster, WM Phoenix, John Deere. The John Deere one's pretty great. Um, the Hero Tiger's a little cartoony for me, but I but I like it. The Rooster's the gold standard. Um, the John Deere one is probably underrated. Looking for decent 6K guys. Thoughts on Joseph Bramlett? Well, he better hit six iron off the tee this week, right? I mean, he could. He's long enough. But I really, boy, I, I'm not, and I love the guy. I see him all the time. He's here in Vegas all the time. But, like, it's, it's tough. It's a tough scene right now. It's not good. Um, he has one skill set. The rest of his game is not very good. And this is not really a golf course that's going to let you get wild. He was, like, dead last in driving accuracy for this year already. What was he last year? Uh, he didn't have enough rounds to qualify. Oh, yeah, he did. 178th. So 178th last year, 200th, 208 this year. Can't miss fairways. Maybe he maybe hit six iron off the tee, but this is troublesome. So no, I, I, I'm out there. Um, I think there's some other 6K options that are much more interesting. Let's just go for 6K. Like, what did we say? Like Aaron, ba um, Aaron Baddeley, 6,500 bucks. Right, he's he's pretty. Go back to Kevin Yu at six percent ownership. Marty Dow one point two percent. You knew what you were getting into with Callum Taron last week, myself included. Hasn't changed for this week. He's boomer bust. I I probably prefer all of those guys. Even this Ryan Hall fellow that we just learned was really good. <laughs> I prefer all those guys over Joseph Bramlett. Yeah, so Chris Kirk hasn't been good here, right? So so Mr. Mike says, when I think of short, tight courses, 
Uh, Chris Kirk comes to mind. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, but let's look up his profile because I'm pretty sure it's kind of like Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon should be good here and hasn't been. I'm pretty sure Chris Kirk's got some issues around this place as well. T7 in 2016, that's his best finish. 48th, 33rd, 46th, 64th. Makes all the cuts, but nothing special. A little bit, little bit worrisome there. The game hasn't been as sharp. So no, I'm I'm probably going to wait and see. Maybe we, cre- we cre- catch Chris Kirk at the RSM Classic. Look at him rocking the RSM hat. How about that? I'll be there if anybody's interested. If anybody's going to be at the RSM Classic, come say hello Thursday and Friday, most likely for me. Um yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I agree on like when I think of that, I also think of Chris Kirk, but, but nah, Rick, you provide a high level of insights and knowledge and your pricing is more than fair. I agree. Thanks. How does the custom model calculate players who are potential poppers? So in its current form, Joe probably doesn't do a good enough job at it. Right. Um, I mean, you could argue looking at actually it does an okay job. <laughs> so what you could do, um, you could do a couple things. You know, I would look at maybe guys who are, you know, from T to green over the last, like, let's just, let's just do this real quick. So let me just clear these weights. Let me just put 50 weights on. Okay. So I want to put short-term ball striking. So I'm gonna put 25 off the T um, and uh, 25 off the T in the last 12, 25 on approach in the last 12. That's 50. And I'm going to put the other 50 on long-term putting, right? So just kind of find me like who's hitting it well now and who is generally a very good putter. KH Lee, Billy Horschel, Scotty Scheffler, Taylor Montgomery, Sepp Straka. Those would be guys that I would indicate as poppers. What I'll also do in the next run here, I'll add, um, I'm going to add a, a percentage of rounds that golfers gain X, one, two, three, four, five. So you could say, put weights on guys who gain five or more strokes the most, right? And that, that's going to be like Rory. Like Rory gains five or more 14% of the time, something like that. So that'll do a better job, Joe, but you could find some ways to do it. Thoughts on Victor? Is he due to explode? Well, he's going to take it very seriously, right? He told me this was uh, the fifth major, and obviously I don't know if he's joking a little bit, but he takes it seriously, right? He's going for the three-peat. He's off to a really good start. The ball striking numbers are coming around. He's straight and he's accurate off the tee. He's 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 plugged the deficiencies. This is a golf course that when you are around the greens, the ball sits up. There's not he's not going to get in trouble if he misses greens. I think Victor's going to have a hell of a week. I do. I do. My book has Hodges at plus one fourteen against Buckley. The matchup tool says put the house on it. Does it? The matchup tool doesn't usually say put the house on it, but let's do let's see what it does say. So let's say Hodges, who's been great. Um, against Buckley, who I also, I, I love both of these guys. Uh, last 36 rounds, Steven, it's basically dead even. So that's not necessarily putting the house on it. Maybe last 100 rounds. What's that? Uh, that's close to, I, what are you, what are we talking about here? The, the matchup tool would never say, put the, put the house on it, right? Last 24 is basically a coin flip as well. I don't know what you're looking at, Stephen. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm missing it. Uh, I, I think it's. I think it's pretty fairly priced here. I, I do think Hodges, um, in most scenarios, is a small favorite, and you have him as a small dog. So I, I think you should probably bet it, but I don't think you should put the house on it. Can we get a Ches Revy deep dive accuracy course? Huh? That's what we're. That's what we're looking at for for Ches Revy. Okay. So it's important to know how strokes gained off the tee is calculated. Because uh, Revy's going to frequently lose because he is short off the tee. 
Um, but if he's playing out of the fairway, it's 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 obviously going to be much better. So let's look at the most accurate guys over the last 36. And you would expect to find Revy here. And you do. He's like the sixth most accurate. Very, very short off the tee. Okay, that's fine. So we kind of ruled that out as being an issue. The rest of it is kind of an issue, right? He went from gaining uh, three, four, five, and three strokes on approach at the end of last season to now being a loser on approach this season. Big loser around the green, big loser with the putter. This is generally concerning. I'm not excited about this, unfortunately. Who's your rookie pick to be 2023's Cam Young? Buckley. Right? Got to be. Uh, Jeff Smith is here. Not that Jeff Smith says I'm unfortunately not Aaron Wise's coach, nor am I on site this week. Well, sorry, Jeffrey. Ekro popped up in my model and Duncan only two in top three. Him and Duncan only two in top 30. Thoughts on them? Um, okay, let's look at Duncan because uh, he got buoyed, I believe, by some pretty, pretty good like around the green luck last week. Uh, that's not going to show up, but remember, like he like chipped in and it still missed the cut. This does not excite me, right? Three missed cuts in your last four, very little upside. Uh, I'm not particularly excited about that. Who was the other one? Eckroat. Eckroat I'm much higher on, right? I mean, this is coming, coming from the Oklahoma state pedigree, having a good corn fairy tour season, trying to get his feet under him. He's made three out of four cuts this year. Um, when he plays well, he does it in the right categories, the three in the, in the ball striking categories. It, when he loses, he loses in the short game categories. That's all fine and dandy. So I would prefer Ekro in this situation. Live coming to this course, uh, next year, I think. Yeah. You know, what's going to be interesting. There are like a handful of Norman courses on the PGA tour. Now it's weird. Uh, because you don't know if that's a course where just Norman's name is on it or he has anything to do with it, right? I mean, there's this is like the biggest scam in all of golf. And by the way, I, I mean, I would do it too if I could pull it off. But like all these Jack Nicholas courses, all these Arnold Palmer courses, it's not like Jack sat down and single-handedly designed 500 golf courses and maintains an ownership stake in all of them, Right. Like that's not what is happening here. So there, this could be, there are situations where of course could just pay Greg Norman to be the designer and put his name out there, but he has no say in anything. And if that's the case, who knows if, you know, what they would do. But I do think that, um, you're going to see some of these Norman courses probably bounce from the PGA tour and end up going over to live, but not, not just all of them. Bet one, Scotty Scheffler, <laughs> Or bet 11 bombs from 70 to 400 to one. Probably Scotty. Hate it. Not Scott or probably Scotty hard to resist mad max. That's McGreevy. Yeah. The here's the problem. He is red hot BJH blitz and he's been red hot before yet. He has never backed it up. Right. That's what's, that's, what's hard about this. Um, We've seen him get hot at Barbasol, T13, missed his next three cuts. Saw him get hot at Wyndham to get himself into the playoffs, missed his next four cuts. Saw him get hot for two rounds last week in Bermuda, T8. Now what? Right? We've never seen him put two together. I agree it's a great price. I'm just warning you, 
There's not a lot of precedent for him playing well again. What are your bets? Believe it or not, I have not put them in yet. Um, I have been just completely into the setting up the season-long fantasy golf stuff. So I'm quite behind this week. Also, we got a flu shot on, oh my God, I was down for the count yesterday. It was absolutely brutal. Um, I think my card will end up looking like Victor, who I bet every single week. Um, I will probably, God, I would love to bet Aaron Wise. I'll probably bet Aaron Wise. I'll probably bet Brendan Todd. And I will probably bet, um, could I find a click on Jason Day or Tom Hoagie? I don't know. That might not work as much. Maybe like a Burmeester as like a longer shot. Something like that. It'll be like four or five guys. Most probably those guys. I just haven't put it in yet. I'm quite behind this week. Um, can you do a lineup review from one of yours from last week? Thoughts on going in versus results? If not, yeah. Okay. So this is a good, so this is weird. I've done this a couple of times in the past where like I've done reviews of like, Hey, did this work? Didn't it work? And I've said before, like if you're okay, two things, if you're a content creator you and you're trying to make inroads, two ways to do it. Do be really good at review and be, or be in on season long fantasy golf. Don't do the same thing. Everybody else is doing. These are two ways in the, in the past when I've done reviews, um, they generally, no one cares. I hate to say that, but like no one has cared, right? I think by the time Monday comes around, everyone is ready for the new tournament. What I would eventually like to do is kind of expand my newsletter to like twice a week. I would love to do like a Monday, hey, here were the course stats. Did that translate to this week? Hey, here were the popular golfers. How did the popular golfers do? Hey, here were you know some of the narratives that were coming into the week or whatever, and just like do it like that, and 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 send out an email on Mondays, and then send out an email on Wednesdays that more looks ahead to the future. I don't know if that's interesting or not. That's what I would like to do. I think it's kind of a um, untapped area of the market. I do think it's interesting. It it you know the all the poker coaching and site like that's all review and they do so well it just like has not caught on yet here in this world which is kind of kind of surprising uh hey rick can you do a deep dive on grayson sick okay playing well t9 to sanderson t11 at the bermuda made the cut in las vegas i do worry a little bit about this the approach play loses three loses two but he is capable of having good week i mean he kind of got this is a pretty good stat prof profile going back to the john deere right he got pretty hot here one two three four five, six top 25s in probably, that's probably half of his events. I gave him credit for a 26th and a 27th. Um, and I like his game. I've seen him play up close. I mean, he, he strikes the hell out of it. It sounds, I mean, these stats don't really do him justice, but yeah, this is, this is okay. I think he's getting better. And remember he started off so slow when he first got his card. I think he's finally, finally figuring it out. He's a solid player. I like the kid. I don't even know if he's a kid. Who's producer Mina going with? She picked uh, McNeely, actually, which is kind of surprising. And she picked one golfer and said Maverick McNeely from Portola Valley, California. So she doesn't get any credit for any camps. Do you think we've maybe overlooked Morikawa? I mean, maybe, right? I mean, I think he's going to be, let's see, 14% owned. Um, that's why I kind of, I think I said, you know, 
Scotty and Taylor Montgomery or Colin and Taylor Montgomery or two guys in the 10K range with one of them being Scotty or Morikawa? Because what like what does your brain think from Colin Morikawa that last year was a horrible year for him, right? Didn't win. It's the third best approach player last year, right? And the putter is going to be a problem, but it's always been a problem. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I think, I, I think, I think the play is use him in game theory situations. I will probably play him in, um, I'm not sure yet. I haven't put it in yet. Again, I'm way behind the run and done. I think I might end up getting to more cow in the, in the run and done. Who the heck thought it was a good idea to disguise a cave as a bunker on a golf course? I believe technically this is a cenote. Have you ever been in a cenote? Ryan, a natural body of water cavernous in nature, usually with running water somewhere. And I believe, don't quote me on this part. Uh, you gotta get like approval from Mexico to remove a cenote and like destroy it. So what I think could have happened is they've got this plot of land. Uh, and they said, you know what, instead of going, we're just going to build it in as a feature. It's pretty cool. I don't know if any, if all of that is true, but, um, that would be, that would be interesting. Is there a way for you to give us something during the tournament? Uh, so it's really hard, right? Because I do not want to do something seven days a week because I like to use those days to make updates to the website, to improve the custom model, to do more development, to like do research to prepare for the next week, right? Like if it was, there's just a lot more that goes into it. And I want to continue to improve the website. I want to continue to do all this other stuff. Committing to a Friday or a Saturday show is scary stuff. Uh, And then during, once January comes back, you know, the first cut, we do round by round recap. So there is kind of something to talk about. So it's just, it's, that's difficult for me to commit to. As much as I would like to do it, that's 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 difficult. Um, all right, I'll run an updated model and we'll get out of here. So let's see. We'll go to the custom model. I'm not even going to load what I did last time. I don't I don't want to be skewed. I'm not I'm not going to load the where is it Mayakoba one that I did earlier this week. Um, let's do. You know, we could kind of, I kind of like, let's, let's, let's mine more into that. Like who's going to pop, uh, type of situation. Whoops. Yeah. I should be sharing my screen. So I kind of like that. Now I'm not going to put as many weights on those guys. So let's do 10 off the T last 12, 10 on approach last 12, 10 on putting last 100. Then we'll go to uh, El Chameleon, strokes gain El Chameleon, put 10 there. Let's get really freaky. Let's do a little positional golf course, shorter, tighter courses. We'll put five on Colonial. Um, We'll put five on, uh, what am I thinking of? Harbortown. We'll put five on Pebble Beach. And we'll put five on... I could just keep going like this. Port Royal, kind of get your your past palm or uh, Vedante. Uh, we'll skip those. Okay, so we got enough course history here. Okay, let's do. 
I probably did. Okay, let's do this. Let's do um, 10 on implied win percentage. At 35 left. Let's do these shorties, these little 125 to 150 par threes. And I've got 25 left. Oh, driving accuracy. Okay, that's a good one. And there. I've got 15 left. I could just do like an overarching um, like long-term strokes gain total, right? And just say like, give me a chance for some of these guys to pop. So if I change this to, um, let's do like 100 rounds and put our last 15 on strokes gain total. All right, there you go. Tony Finau, number one, 84 on his score. Victor Hovland, 79. Have McNeely, that guy. Third, Scotty, Billy Ho, Aaron Wise. No real surprises here. Oh, I put it on driving distance? Sorry, sorry. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's on me. That's on me. I make mistakes too. Okay, let's try this again. <laughs> Still Tony Finau, number one. Bill- okay, Brandon Ty gets a big jump now. He goes to third. My bad, my bad. Keep me in line. So now the number now that the top five is Finau, Horschel, Todd, Victor, Kucher, Aaron Wise, McNeely, Henley, Damon, Hoagie. It's not bad. Scotty's number eleven. It's not bad. That's fun. Um, a lot of green across the board for Cooch, right? Uh, but you see three medals, three podiums from Victor. Third in strokes gain total. Second in implied win percentage. Second in El Chameleon strokes gained. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right. I think that'll do it. Um, trying to think what else. I think that's it. Uh, I will say there is a power hour tonight. Jock market power hour, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll go through that market. We'll short some guys that are going to end up winning the golf tournament. We'll buy some guys that are probably going to miss the cut. But it's all fun. And we'll have a blast. Otherwise, if you want to play season-long fantasy, uh, there's a link in the description. Fill out the form. Everything is working behind the scenes. We will get it up and running. And I guess that's it. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.